As long as there's been sports, there have been athletes in search of an advantage. Of all the ways to get ahead and have an inch of speed on your opponent, many athletes have turned to performance-enhancing drugs. You hear about them in just about every sport in the US. Some of the best baseball players of all time have been accused of doping. American football players are regularly suspended for failing drug tests. And of course, let's not forget Lance Armstrong, who famously came out and came clean about blood doping in 2012, vacating his seven Tour de France victories in the process. Some of these performance-enhancing drugs have now reached the financial sector with some of the biggest financial institutions that are home to tired, hungry, competitive traders have now gotten their hands on what they believe will be their winning edge and secret to making money. Performance-enhancing drugs come at a cost to your health, your wealth, and your status. Now, we refer to them as drugs, but most performance enhancers are really just versions of the chemicals that are already in your body. That's right. You have them. I have them. These are the compounds that your body uses to build and heal itself and keep itself healthy. But by ramping up the levels of these compounds and getting more out of your body would end up putting yourself in more trouble than when you began. So to tackle this issue, I've recruited Dr. Carrie Jones, known to many of you as the hormone expert, to join me in a short Q&A on hormones, what they are, and how we can optimize them in a natural way. Neuroscience, neurology, longevity, and beyond. Learn everything you need to know from the best physicians and experts in the world. The Neuro Experience Podcast is a platform to help you understand what the brain is and how it shapes every part of our lives. Every episode comes to you from highly credible sources. I'm Louisa Nicola, medical neuroscientist from Australia, living in New York City. Come and take a neuro experience with me. In keeping with the theme of energy and human optimization, I'd like to introduce our two sponsors of the show. First up is Eight Sleep. As you all know, I'm a huge, huge, huge advocate of sleep. And with good sleep and sleep quality comes enhanced performance. However, we can't just fall asleep these days. We can't just go to sleep and expect that everything is just going to be okay. Do you know why? Because we have wonderful scientists out there. It's 2021. We've got so much knowledge out there of how to increase your sleep quality. And one of the biggest ways to do that is through temperature manipulation. And I'm not talking about ambient temperature as in you want to turn on your air conditioning unit, you want to blast it and make the entire room cool. No, that's not the type of temperature I'm talking about. I'm talking about an internal temperature that can only be set and optimized via a mattress. So eight sleep is the mattress that I sleep on. Well, actually let's step back. It's a sleep Prod, pod pro cover. So my dear listeners, if you are listening to this, you can get $150 off the pod pro cover. You just simply go to eightsleep.com slash Louisa to claim this offer. Now, let me tell you a bit about them. The eight sleeps pod pro cover is the easiest and fastest way to sleep at the perfect temperature. I simply put my pod pro cover on. I manipulate the temperature of when I go to bed from when I wake up, I have every bit of data controlled. That's right. I go to sleep every single night at 10.20 p.m. and I wake up every single morning at 7.20 a.m. 
very precise. But get this, with my eight sleep app, what I can do is I can set it to have a heating effect from 10 p.m. till about 11 p.m. And then once I'm falling asleep, I set it to minus two. So I'm actually dropping my internal temperature two degrees lower than what it is. That's right. It picks up on your temperature and it lowers it as you go into deep sleep. And then I lower it as I go into REM sleep. And then it knows that I'm going to wake up at 7.20 a.m. So it manipulates the temperature again and brings it up. So when I wake up, the mattress vibrates, it gets me out of bed and I'm kind of warm when I wake up. And I absolutely love that. So if you want to have these effects, you want to increase your sleep quality, you want to head over to eightsleep.com slash Louisa to get $150 off. You want to claim this offer. I would also like to thank Timeline Nutrition for pretty much optimizing my morning smoothie. So improving your mitochondria is one of the easiest ways to upgrade your performance and make your body work better. My friends over at Timeline Nutrition have introduced a product called MitoPure, and that is the ultimate tune-up for mitochondria. A lot of you listening to the podcast know what the mitochondria are, and if you want any type of optimization of this, you want to check out Timeline Nutrition's MitoPure. It is backed by over a decade of research and is clinically proven to revitalize your mitochondria. So I have it in the mornings. I mix it with my smoothie. I don't just have it with water. I put it in my morning smoothie and it's incredible. So as we all know, mitochondria are the energy generators at the heart of nearly every cell in our body. But new science is shedding light on more mitochondrial functions. So it is so important, especially if you're living in a city such as New York, where you really need your mitochondria to be working optimally. It actually doesn't matter wherever you are in the world. If you want to be performing at your peak, you want to be optimizing your mitochondria. So this little sachet, it comes in single sachets, and this MitoPure restores mitochondrial function so every cell in your body has the energy to do its job and keep you healthy and functioning at your peak. So it comes in powder form to mix into yogurt or in your favorite smoothie. You can get it in protein powder if you're looking at a great one-two punch of muscle support, or it comes in soft gels. So guys, improving your mitochondria is one of the best things that you can do for your health. If you want to check this out, you can use my promo code. You can get 10% off if you go to timelinenutrition.com slash neuro. You can go through and you can get absolutely any of the items that I just said and get 10% off using this code. Carrie, thank you so much for being part of the Neuro Experience podcast. I want to know a a brief outline, I guess. Why don't you introduce yourself to the audience so we know who we're talking to and then we'll get straight into it. I love it. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, I am a naturopathic doctor. I have my master's in public health and I focus pretty much entirely on hormones. I did my residency in women's health and hormones. And right now I'm the medical director for a large hormone lab. So ask away. (laughs) I love that. Hormones, you know, 
So working with elite athletes, I know you've got examples in this field that we're going to go into, working with elite athletes and also working in the financial space, working with high performers, I would say, really gives me an insight Mm -hmm. into what drives them to make good decisions. But one Mm -hmm. area that I really haven't delved into, which is where I've recruited you for your expertise on, is this area of hormones. I think it's very underrated, very misunderstood, even from my perspective, especially as a female. Um, And I kind of want to navigate that and get your understanding of, you know, what are hormones? Why are they instrumental in understanding when it comes to making good decisions? And the reason I'm asking this is because as a woman, when I'm going through my menstrual cycle and and I'm very open and sorry for all the men that are listening to this, but, you know, two or three days, and you can explain what this is, but two or three days before I actually start my menstrual cycle, for some reason, all judgment goes out of the window Mm -hmm. and the world does come crashing down for me and the world tips upside down. And I really, it's an emotional, it's very emotional, no matter how much I sleep, no matter how Mm -hmm. much I exercise or really understand that what's happening in my body, I still go through this. So what is happening? (laughs) Am I insane? You're a hundred percent not insane. And we were, I love that we were talking just before we were recording of, you know, high speed, uh, type A go-getter individuals, uh, females who are super driven, making huge decisions all day long. And then all of a sudden their period comes and they're like, why am I like this? Like, yeah. Yeah, it's, hormo- it's, it's hormones. This is, this is what hormones does. Hormones are, are like little communication uh, text messages, so to speak. So hormones come from the brain and they go down to different glands, the thyroid, the ovaries, the testicles, the pancreas. And then we release more hormones. Those hormones then go to different receptors, bind to the receptors like key and a lock and turn them on. So if you have an abundance, then you have abundance of locks that turn. And if you have um, a decreased amount, then the locks are just waiting there to get turned and they're not getting turned. And as a woman, we cycle. We, unless you're in menopause, we have this cycle. So think of it like a well-orchestrated roller coaster that happens every single month, the exact same way until it doesn't. So you may be accustomed to the ups and downs unless things are kind of out of balance or not doing what they're supposed to do. And suddenly there's loop-de-loops or suddenly you've come to a screeching halt or suddenly you go up much faster than you were expecting and you feel hormonal. You know, a lot of women are like, it's my hormones. I feel hormonal. It's that time of the month. What's going on with my hormones? They don't quite know how to put in words, but they feel it. Yeah, it's funny because then when, you know, you start your menstrual cycle, then it's like, I'm on top of the world. Yeah. And like, to an outside person, they must think you're, you're insane. Um, and so this area has fascinated me. And I would love to know more about how, do you, do you coach people or, you know, do you, when you see patients and they ask you, hey, I'm an elite athlete. How can I better optimize my training or I'm training for a half marathon? Should I be adapting my training around my menstrual cycle or, or my hormones? Is that what you're yep. about as well? Mm-hmm. Even things for a menstrual cycle, as we get closer to our period as women, we get more clumsy. And so that's the perfect time to work on our fine, intricate skills, uh, the, the, like the tactile things, as opposed to being like, I keep tripping. I keep dropping. I keep, you know, I keep fumbling. Why do I keep doing this? Like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm going backwards. I'm reversing what's wrong with me. It's like, no, 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 no. It's just, as you get closer to your period, your hormones were up. Now they're coming down. 
And that shift is going to change the way that you, your like hand eye coordination works. And I am not an elite athlete, but my husband, after I drop a glass, you know, drop the pen, knock the thing off. My husband's like, is your, is your period starting? (laughs) (laughs) Suddenly you're kind of a clumsy mess. And so many women can relate to this. They're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that. So elite athletes, absolutely. And then when your period comes and your hormones are low, you've got this sort of low level before they build back up again. All of a sudden women are like, oh my gosh, I can lift heavier. I can jump higher. I feel stronger. I'm, I'm not clumsy anymore. This is great. And so by knowing these things where we are in our cycle for cycling women, uh, we can absolutely adjust our training to go, okay, in the first part, close to our cycle, here's what we're going to focus on. And as we get closer to our period where we're feeling kind of moody, kind of emotional, kind of like comfort needing and clumsy, we're going to focus on like the fine motor skills, the little details uh, and tweaking that stuff. Because if we try to focus on running faster, jumping higher, lifting heavier, we're going to just probably be disappointed. So what hormones are we actually talking about? Is it estrogen? It is estrogen and progesterone. Yes. Australian way. Yeah. Yeah, Estrogen, estrogen. estrogen. Okay. (laughs) So estrogen and progesterone. All right. And these, uh, so would you say that it would be better off, uh, you know, halting, you know, and just doing, you know, some basic stretching, doing some like, you know, not going hard at the gym because there's just really no point. You're just not going to get the the benefits that you need. That's what a lot of experts say. Yeah. That's when you look at the studies, that's what a lot of experts say. No, obviously there are women listening to this who were like, no, no, I've, I, that my cycle doesn't affect me like that. Like I've, the way that they train or the way that their genetics are, or they're God's favorite, you know, the, their menstrual cycle doesn't seem to affect their training. But for a lot of women, the feedback I get is, oh, I didn't realize that that makes mm. so much sense now. Like, mm. yeah. So, you know, what I really liked what you said around, you know, hand-eye coordination and this mm-hmm. can take into play for, as I mentioned earlier, financial services. And so mm-hmm. one of the biggest aspects of what I do is I work as a performance coach uh, to a lot of hedge funds. And I go in and, you know, it's it's interesting to see that men kind of don't veer towards this thinking of hormones. It's more of a, mm-hmm. I, you know, I think it's a stigma around women, okay? But what Correct. about men? Okay, let's talk about men in... <laughs> Let's let's get out of the athletic space and let's talk about men who are in jobs where you know time is of the essence. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Decision making needs to be sharp and needs to be intelligent. They also mm-hmm. need to be performing at their peak in a calm manner so they can make the right decisions. How does hormones affect decision making for these types of individuals? Oh, a hundred percent. And I love that you said that commonly sort of men pass the hormone baton to women, like, oh, that's a woman thing. (laughs) Men are absolutely affected by hormones, just not cyclically like we are. And with men, um, estrogen can affect men, but so testosterone is the bigger player for them. Um, but when we get into that space of the hedge fund, again, the high speed individual, the switched on individual that has to make big decisions all day long, long work days. Now we're also looking at cortisol. We're looking at, um, norepinephrine and epinephrine, which we know is noradrenaline and adrenaline. And so let's take testosterone, for example. You talk about sleep all the time in your, your podcast, in your blogs, what have you. And men make testosterone while they sleep. Mm-hmm. So now you have the man who is up late. Maybe he, it's work. He's, you know, maybe it's going out. 
Maybe it's events. Maybe they're gamers at night, right? So they're on their, they're gaming. They go to bed at midnight, but they're up early at five in the morning. So they've cut their sleep way back a couple times. Not a big deal. They're going to bounce back consistently. It is going to affect the way their cortisol releases and the way they make testosterone. So over time, now what he says to you, men don't say, I feel hormonal. Men say, I'm tired. Men say, I've lost my edge. Men say, I'm not as motivated. I don't have that like, that like warrior feeling that I used to have. That's the kind of the sentences that they use. I'm not on my A game. I'm not making the best decisions that I used to. And again, it's because they're burning the candle at both ends. It's just affecting slightly different hormones. So what exactly then is the role of testosterone when it comes to to making decisions and when it comes to men. So what, what, let's, let's deconstruct that because I know you mentioned sleep. Now in the earliest phases of sleep in stage one, stage two, when we're in deep sleep, okay, that's the Mm -hmm. really first part of sleep. That's when we're releasing most and predominantly all of our growth hormone. Mm -hmm. And so we've got growth hormone. If we're not getting into deep sleep, then obviously we're going to have a decreased level of growth hormone that's being released into the body. But also you mentioned testosterone. So these two hormones, how let's deconstruct them and understand a bit more about them. So growth hormone, the easiest analogy I have for it, it's like you're scrubbing bubbles. So growth hormone goes around just like the commercial and it helps to repair your body. So when you are inflamed, hurting, broken, pushed it, exhausted, and you sleep, that's our time of repair. And we say that very generically, but it's growth hormone that really comes along and helps to clean all of that up. And at the same time, when we're sleeping, which you've talked about, we, um, we actually have a sort of detox system in our in our brain, our our lymphatic system, but it starts with the G it's the glymphatic system. Mm -hmm. And during our sleep, our our glymphatic system turns on and cleans up our brain, so to speak, so that we can wake up feeling recovered, refreshed and ready to go. So if you don't get growth hormone, you're not going to feel repaired, right? Healed. You're going to wake up still inflamed, hurting, kind of in pain, maybe burnt out. You're not going to get testosterone. So you're not going to get testosterone's anabolic effect, anabolic for building, whether it's muscle, whether it's um, for making decisions, motivation and reward. It helps with dopamine. It helps our neurotransmitters in our brain. It binds to receptors in our brain. And and so now you're going to start your day uh, under the the line, right? You're going to start like sort of behind the eight ball. Again, one or day and you make up for it on the weekend, probably fine. If you're young, youth is on your side. But as we get older, <laughs> we continue to push it. Again, that's where we notice where we, we break easier. We don't repair as well. We don't make the best decisions anymore. We're not as sharp as we used to be. That's so interesting because it's, you know, we don't really understand, you know, we, not that we don't understand. What I see a lot of is men saying, yes, I know I need to sleep. I know I need sleep, but it's mm-hmm. fine. It's fine. And then mm-hmm. they don't really understand the physiology behind it. You've just mentioned that sleep, you know, if you, if you increase your sleep quality, not just quantity, you're mm-hmm. going to be better off in terms of a hormonal perspective. And if you balance out those hormones, then you're going to be able to you know, perform better, think faster. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Let's just say a, a male has come to you and they're like, well, I'm angry and I'm this and I'm that <laughs> and how do I know what my testosterone levels are? What's a, what is a great way for somebody to understand, and this is both for men and women, to understand mm-hmm. where they're sitting in terms of their hormone levels? 
hormones. The great thing with testosterone is it's an easy blood draw. So if a man is like, can you tell me what my, my testosterone levels are? I, um, do you do it in the morning? So ideally you want to test a man's hormones, specifically testosterone before 9am, before 8am if they can. So I usually tell men go in the lab opens. Why do you do that? Because testosterone is made in the night. So I want to catch them at their highest and see where they're at. How they, how do they wake up in the morning with their testosterone? You want to look for a total testosterone. You want to look for a free testosterone and you want to um, test what's known as sex hormone binding globulin, SHBG. Mm-hmm. SHBG acts like a bus and it shuttles around testosterone. It, it, it basically puts it on the seat in the bus and drives it around too much SHBG. And now you've bound up all of your testosterone, so to speak, and low levels of SHBG means you have more levels of testosterone out in the world. So it's nice to have that marker. But the other interesting thing is things like stress and inflammation and and sugar and high insulin will push testosterone's conversion into estrogen and it's called aromatization. So what do men say? Men are like like man boobs. It's just men say like, my pecs are turning into man boobs and I'm getting, you know, the beer belly, but I, it's not from beer. Like what's going on. I'm feeling moody. Estrogen can make men feel a little more weepy, um, a little more depressed, a little more anxious. And so it's good for men to check their estrogen just as much. And then does that have the same effect with women in terms of, uh, stress, sugar, et cetera? We don't see it quite as much just because women make estrogen differently. The majority of our estrogen is made in our ovaries. And while it is made using that same enzyme, the aromatase enzyme, it's not as affected by stress, high insulin inflammation as we see it in men. Men primarily make their estrogen um, in like fat tissue, our adipose tissue. There's a higher level of that enzyme aromatase in our fat, in our uh, adipose tissue. And so they're more susceptible. Whereas in the ovaries, while we have a lot of enzyme there, it's very tightly controlled and just uh, works different. Um, so between the two sexes, it's, it's not as pronounced in women as we see it in men. As a, as a hormone expert, what are your views on, you know, how we're learning more about this in the world. Like you're, you're now working for a wonderful, sorry, you're the medical director, I should say, <laughs> of a, a, a company that um, is now putting out tests, at-home tests that people can mm-hmm. take to test their hormones. I don't think that was available five years ago, right? Or 10 years ago. It's, it's the at-home test is definitely becoming much more popular, which is wonderful. Yeah. So uh, people can take their health into their own hands and, and see what's yeah. going on. I think that's really wonderful because as we talk on the neuro experience, we talk a lot about tech and I'm very big on tech when it comes to neurotechnology, when it comes to like, I've got the, you know, I've currently got a ring on to test every, you know, my uh, sleep, uh, HIV, mm-hmm. I've got another band <laughs> on, you've got that. I sleep on a performance mattress, which is probably the best thing that I've ever done. I must say, I don't know how I lived without it. When I have to go back to Australia, like if I'm going back for the next, you know, two, three months over Christmas, how am I going to cut this mattress over there? It's like, <laughs> it's just, you know, it's, it's a game changer. So I think doing at-home testing and then with the whole 23andMe, doing absolutely mm-hmm. everything that you can to understand your body, understand your hormones, and mm-hmm. getting education from somebody uh, as qualified as you and somebody like you really sets the stage for what I call precision medicine. You know, mm-hmm. someone who can take on board their information they have about themselves and kind of worked as a preventative model. I always say that the Western medicine system 
is built on a Band-Aid method. It's like, well, once you break your leg, then go to the hospital. Once you do this, don't, you know, it's not based on a preventative model. And I love this because, and I've got a test right here and I'm excited to do it (laughs) and I'm scared to do it also, but I'm excited. No, no, that'll be good. Um, You know, to work on that because then I can be like, huh, that's why I yelled last week or that's why I made (laughs) a bad decision. I honestly think that there should be some sort of law against, um, please, I hope people don't come after me for saying this, but some, you know, people who maybe don't manage their hormones well, maybe there should be a law where it's like, can't come into the office today because I'm going to be a danger to everybody, you know, for these next there three days, s- premenstrual. <laughs> there are some companies out there that actually say that. They're like, if no you way. are, yeah, emotionally, if you are not feeling it, like maybe take a mental day. I was like, that's actually pretty brilliant. I mean, unfortunately, mental <laughs> right, mental day. Uh, we, you know, I want to say, well, let's work on that. Let's test and work on that. Um, yeah. but yeah. Okay. So yeah. some, um, some action items for, um, everybody listening, both, both men, women, if they were, um, you know, if they were to say to you, well, okay, well, well what's the most easiest way without getting a hormone test? What's mm-hmm. the easiest way to start really balancing my hormones in order to you know, live a, a better life? I would say. Yeah. So, and I say this all the time because I'm all about, I'm all about practical and tactical and I'm all about free, cheap and easy, uh, lately. So in our brain, we have the clock genes, right? We have the clock genes, like the clock on your wall. The the clock genes are what helps set our circadian rhythm. They're what help get us up in the morning and, and go to bed at night. Uh, men and women, have, everyone has them, this, this set of clock genes and they are run on a slightly longer than 24 hour schedule. So our phone and our clock, our computer, they run on 24 hours, but males and females run slightly longer. So the clock genes have to be set and reset every day. And the Mm. biggest, the biggest uh, thing that will do that is lightness and darkness. And it's lightness on waking. So getting full spectrum light, go outside, open your window, um, get a full spectrum light box in the morning, 10 or 15 minutes right on waking. Don't grab your phone, get full spectrum light from outside. And at night you do the opposite. At night you wind down, you wear blue light blocking glasses and then sleep in complete darkness. Either wear a sleep mask or blackout um, curtains or make sure you've covered all the lights. Now I say this because when you set your circadian rhythm, when you make the clock genes happy, then the circadian rhythm, the clock genes in your brain set all the other baby clocks that you have. They help set all the baby clocks you have in all the rest of your glands. And so because women are circadian by the month, when we are, when our master circadian rhythm is thrown off, it can absolutely throw off our hormonal circadian rhythm. And so one of the easiest things that I tell women to do is when you get up in the morning, get full light exposure, either go outside, go for a walk, stand on your balcony or patio, open your window 10 or 15 minutes. And at night, do the opposite, do darkness for men. I'm telling them the same thing, but because I want them to be sharp in the morning, right? Cortisol goes up in the morning and I want testosterone production at night before bed. And it sounds crazy. And people think I am weird. They're like, don't you just have a pill? Can't you just give me like an optimal optimal man pill. I'm like, man, if I could, I would. But if you're going to continue to use and abuse your circadian rhythm, everything downstream gets thrown off. So we have to start at the top and then work down from there. I love that. Carrie, you, you produce uh, such amazing content on Instagram, which I'm going to link here. Is that the only place that you're really, you know, visible or are there some other channels that we can go to and learn from you? 
Instagram is definitely where I like to hang out. I'm a very visual person and I love doing the pictures, the carousels, the reels, because I want everyone to really understand what their hormones are doing and how it's affecting them. Well, you are the world expert. So thank you so much, (laughs) Carrie, for coming on to the Neuro Experience podcast. Thank you so much.